we're here because it's it's all about the Day of Atonement, yes. Yom Kippur, and we're going through a bunch of different holidays on the Jewish calendar. The fall feast, there are a bunch, and this year they just happened to line up so that uh, <laughs> they all, I'm here for four Fridays in a row, and that's that's definitely the first time in many, many, many years. Yeah. And uh, be mindful now that usually I'm here because the feast is starting this evening, but in this case, uh, it's 10 days after Rosh Hashanah, so that makes it on Sunday night to Monday is the most holiest day of the year, the day only day you're actually commanded to fast uh, in the Old Testament. And so it's a, just a really significant day, and I hope that you're going to get the heart of that. We're going to go back to the ancient days, and then look what happens to, uh, now uh, on this Day of Atonement. And of course, it is literally the the key that unlocks the book of Revelation. So we're going to go back and dig in there because a lot of people, as you read that, it gets a bit confusing because of all the imagery, because all the imagery is literally from the Day of Atonement. So if you don't know the Day of Atonement, a revelation is a little buckling at times. So Yom Kippur is what we said. Now, as usual, when you jump into Hebrew, there's a number of ways you're going to hear it pronounced. Uh, that's more of the Americanized way. Okay. And so Yom Kippur or Kippur would be more of the Hebrew way. The Kippuret is the top of the Ark of the Covenant where they poured the blood. So that's where that's it's it just I tell you though in Georgia it sounds like it'd be too n normal for us to say it that way. So we just don't. We say Yom Kippur, but it really is y Yom Kippur. So there you go. But. I'll probably say it four or five different ways before the day is done. So we may, we may just jump on uh, Day of Atonement just be safe, right? All right, a life for a life. That's the bottom line when it comes to Yom Kippur. The Day of Atonement is when the high priest sacrificed a bull that would cover the sins of the priesthood. The high priest would be covered in blood from making the sacrifice. So remember, anytime you're doing sacrifices, you're wearing white and you're killing animals and blood is spraying everywhere. So this priesthood is is covered in blood, just like on uh, Passover. Then he would go through the veil that separated the holiest of places from the rest of the temple. This is the only day he ever did that, once a year. The veil represented the separation from God and man, of course, due to man's sin. So spiritually speaking, Jesus was and is the veil. This is when you get a lot of these imageries that tie the whole kingdom and the whole Bible together. So when he died on the cross for sin, which separated us from God, the veil, his body was torn, broken for us. This is where all of that comes from. And then he went into the Holy of Holies to pour the blood on what we call the mercy seat. Hebrew word is uh, keperet, which is related to the word kipper, as in Yom Kippur, which is translated, and if you're looking for kipper, you know it's a day of atonement, but it means purge, atone, expiate, and propitiate. Essentially, just think the cross. This is the day of the cross. Even though he died in Paso at Passover in springtime, this is the day where all the verbiage comes forth that explains why. And, and you'll understand that in just a bit as you understand what happened on this day and how these feasts all tie together. This day is hugely important. So, get the picture. The priest entered with incense before him as he approached the ark and sprinkled the blood on it on this most holy day of the year. The uh, rabbis agree that the priest's motion, now when he's sprinkling the blood, this is even uh, interesting too, should be kemaslif uh, is the word, as, as if they were whipping someone. Mm. So think about that a second. So he's sprinkling the blood as if he's whipping someone. 
Now, here's how it's written, literally, in the Mishnah and the Babylon Talmud. The motion is once upwards and seven times downwards, aiming to sprinkle neither upwards nor downwards, but kimatzlov, making the movement of swinging a whip. Now, someone suggested that originally it was the word kimatzlov, like a cross, instead of like a whip. But the obvious implications of this were too much for the sages, obviously, and it was changed to Kimazlef, and got rid of the T in there, which is, uh, even in the Hebrew language, that's the Tav, the last letter of the alphabet, and it's literally a cross. So, uh, either way, though, it's either the motion of a cross, or it's a motion of a whip, and either way, they can't get away from the, the obvious thing there. After the bull, he would take two goats to cover the sins of the people. Here's what it says in Leviticus 16. Aaron is to offer the bull for his own sins, offering to make atonement for himself and his household. Then he's to take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting. He's to cast lots for the two goats. One lot is for the Lord and the other for the scapegoat. Now the high priest put both his hands into a wooden case and took out two labels. One is inscribed for Yahweh, that is God. The other for absolute removal, or Azazel, for absolute removal. Aaron shall bring the goat whose lot falls to the Lord, sacrifice it first in offering. Now the Lord's goat symbolized Christ, who took upon himself the penalty for our sins. Our sins have been transferred from their soul to his. He's died for those sins, and the sinner is judged to be perfect as if he's never sinned. That's the picture that you get from the cross. It all starts on the Day of Atonement. But the goat chosen by the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to be used for making atonement by sending it into the wilderness as a scapegoat. So he's to lay his hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the wickedness and rebellion of the Israelites, all their sins, and put them on the goat's head on this one day a year. He shall send the goat away into the wilderness in the care of someone appointed for the task. The, vote, the goat will carry on itself all their sins to a remote place. And now, this is what's not written. He would throw it over a cliff. So both goats die so that the sins of the people would be forgiven. And obviously you want the goat to be dead because you don't want him coming back and showing up with your sins. The Talmud states this, that a strip of scarlet dyed wool was tied to the head of the scapegoat, which would turn white as soon as the goat was thrown over the precipice as a sign that the sins of the people were forgiven. Now it didn't always turn white. Beginning with the death and resurrection of Jesus, it no longer turned white ever. The Talmud bears record to a spiritual decay among the people, such that murders became so widespread that the Sanhedrin ceased to adjudicate capital crimes such as homicide. And this is in the days after Jesus, all the way up to 70 AD. The miracle of the thread turning white was to show them and us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive them. When Jesus died on the cross, it tore the curtain forever. And a permanent sacrifice was made and accepted for everyone, forever, those who would receive. So when we talk about receiving Jesus, being born again, and confessing your sins, all of this steps you back to this day of atonement. But you actually can go back. Now, this happened 
uh, different. Obviously, it's the days of Moses. It would have been 2,500 years after Garden of Eden, 1,500 years before Jesus. Well, we're going to go all the way back to the Garden to show you the original Day of Atonement, or at least the shadow and type that it was. I forgot to introduce you as well. So this is Ray Haynes. This is my dad. You can and find she's his... She's my favorite daughter. Favorite. Absolute favorite. Your only daughter. Well, Your only I mean, child. But everybody's a daughter that's a woman, right? So you have billions to compete and you are my favorite by far. Well, you have a... You have a thing on a podcast on the more music app, I do. <laughs> where later today you are going to post all of these for sure. people it's that can't numbering our days that's what it's called okay and then on the website victory.radio that's your blog and that's where every month you have newsletters you have you know sure. posts every day on all of this and we'll put all of these notes on there so you can go back and study i'm glad that you made it because i wouldn't have known what to say about the day of atonement i'm like we've been promoting this i'd be like uh, uh. It <laughs> crickets is, it's a little bit tough but it's a big day one of the yeah. most important days and yeah. you know what's interesting is we follow some of the different websites from israel and they found one of the bells that were attached to the robe of the high priest from these journeys that he'd make on the Day of Atonement. Mm. And they found it when they were doing un, uh, uncovering the pilgrimage road, which I got to see when we were last there. Yeah. So the the history, you know, even now it comes back and you're looking, look at this. Mm. This was his journey that one mm. day of the year.